From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. It's going to be only America first. Buy American and hire American. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. We will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism, which we will eradicate completely from the face of the earth. We so that's Trump's new ad. And uh, looked like an action movie. Yeah, it's got the epic music and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something special. Yeah, he's pivot. He's pivoting back to. Uh, he's pivoting back to populism. That's what. That's what got him elected in the first place. Uh, I think he's kind of veered off that since being elected, surrounding himself with the same neocons and the Wall Street people that he said that he couldn't be tainted with, that he couldn't be bribed with. But um, he is going back to that populist, that rah-rah nationalism appealing to his base that way. And Mm -hmm. the, the production value on that video... And the music, like, I'm never going to vote for Trump. But that was, like, to me, that that ad hit all the points that he needed to. And he released it as soon as Joe Biden was done giving his speech. Yeah, and it even had some DNC uh, footage. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed he went uh, to straight back to the radical Islamist threat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um which he hasn't really been talking about for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, there's been some a lot of weird back and forth in Afghanistan. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that some other time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really prepare for that. But I was expecting something where he would go hard on like like the actual far left. You know, with mm-hmm. Antifa and anarchists and all this shit. But he didn't mm-hmm. say anything. He just went straight back to, I mean, it is coming, but you're right. He went straight back to like the kind of nationalism you would expect from like the George W. Bush years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, just something really safe and proven to work, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, the production quality was huge. Uh, They had this ready to go. Um, They were just... Yeah, there was only like a couple of clips from the DNC. Most of it was just other stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they were totally prepared for this. Yeah, they were totally prepared for this. They quickly pieced it. Like, they probably had it in the canon yesterday, and they were just like, as soon as the the convention's over, and we're going to talk about the convention um, and the train wreck that it was in my opinion and uh, just like lacking in policy but there was one thing i wanted to touch on uh, that we didn't have in our notes because it happened today and that was steve bannon being arrested that's right 
Yeah. Yeah, he got arrested for the We Build the Wall campaign. Turned yes. out to be a big money laundering scheme. Who would have yes. thought? Yes. Um, this is from CBS News. And former White House advisor Steve Bannon has pleaded not guilty to charges of wire fraud and money laundering Thursday after federal prosecutors in New York announced that Bannon and three others were indicted for allegedly defrauding donors to a $25 million fundraising campaign to build a wall along the southern border. Bannon was released on a $5 million bail Thursday afternoon and must forfeit his passport. He can only travel to D.C., Maryland, Connecticut for work and the eastern and southern districts of New York. Oh, I didn't catch the uh, he got out on bail. That's yeah, he got out on bail pretty. It got kind I, of lost in today's news cycle. Yeah, because every yeah, all the other details, I figured that would have taken a little bit longer. But this is like the same fucking day. Bannon's rich, so of course it of course it didn't take any fucking time. (laughs) My favorite part of that story was that Trump immediately said, Oh, I don't know what he's talking about. I never really heard of this GoFund the wall thing. Uh I didn't pay much attention to it. That's his story. Every time that something like has a chance to really condemn him, um, Mm -hmm. he just says, I didn't know about that. He just Mm -hmm. played the ignorance card. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how you can tell if something's actually pretty s- serious uh, for him is if he just flat out ignores it or denies that he knows anything about anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah, and there were uh, there were four total uh, who got charged. Mm-hmm. I forget all the other names, but. Um, including Bannon. Yeah, it's... And of course, uh, for those who don't totally know who Stephen Bannon is, um, he was, I think the first six months of Trump's presidency, he was like the White House chief strategist. Yeah. And And he is like the one of the founders of Breitbart. Yeah. Um, If that tells you anything. And he has literally said from his, his own quote, that Breitbart is the mouthpiece of the alt-right. Yeah. So, you know, straight up connections to fascist groups. That's what this guy is. Yeah. Of course, um, Trump has to distance himself from this. Yeah, he... Corey Lenanowski was the original campaign manager. Was originally the head honcho of the Trump campaign. And then Bannon came in after Lunanowski grabbed the woman from Breibart and like everybody, like including Ben Shapiro, walked away from Breibart. Mm-hmm. And Bannon came in and that's when we started to see more of a turn. Like when Bannon came in, that was when I started to be like, all right, this is serious because he can win. Because like Bannon, I think Bannon's evil. I do. I really do. But I think he's smart. Yeah, he he really is smart. Yeah, like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I mean when when Bannon like I remember an interview I can't remember where it was but where Bannon basically said he was a Leninist and he wanted to destroy the state. I was just like, oh shit, this dude is not just your average. I'm gonna destroy the government. He ha- he's calculated. Yeah, that's funny. But we will see where this goes. Uh, I don't think anything will happen to him. I think he'll get away 
with it. Maybe like a fine, but nothing of any intensity in my opinion. No. No, they're all all these white collar crimes get off easy with a slap on the wrist at best. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's nothing real is gonna happen. Unfortunately. No. no. <sighs> well, tell us about Goodyear. I I saw oh, it but I didn't God. really pay much attention to it. Oh. This so like in the grand scheme of things, this whole Goodyear controversy that happened this week is like it's really insignificant and it's just not you know it's just one of those stories that you you like hear about for a day and then everyone forgets about it for the rest of eternity but i really felt like the especially the reaction to this entire situation is just so indicative of how broken um right-wing populist politics is um and how we're just going so hard towards witch hunt territory for everything that the right doesn't like um (laughs) so basically goodyear there was a supposedly leaked uh photograph of like a powerpoint slide during it's some kind of presentation maybe like a training seminar or whatever it wasn't really (laughs) specified where this came from and it was the person who leaked it proposed like they were they alleged themselves to be an employee of goodyear and uh the screenshot was of goodyear's zero tolerance policy and um the one slide in question had like uh like a column for like what's acceptable and another column for what's not so that what's not acceptable was like MAGA um, apparel, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter apparel, and other political affiliations uh, aren't allowed in the workplace. Um, And then what is allowed is stuff like Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ uh, apparel, etc. So, you you know, this is like red meat for conservatives already. So, you know, they all latched onto it. But I think they only latched onto it because Trump tweeted about it. Like, oh, yeah, they probably would have went under the radar completely unless Trump tweeted about it. One hundred percent. So he basically tweeted and said, like, something to the effect of, "Let's cancel uh, or boycott Goodyear and give the radical leftists a taste of their own medicine." It's something to that effect, right? We've been boycotting um, shit for years, though. <laughs> Like every little slight, like I, I saw on Facebook today of somebody of like somebody I grew up with who's a hardcore Trumper saying uh, we need to boycott Starbucks. I'm like, you've boycotted Starbucks like 10 times. And guess what? Starbucks is still there. So clearly what you're doing is pretty fucking ineffective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's you can only... You know, in theory, it's supposed to work, but at this point, corporations are so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot matters to them. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I thought I saved this tweet somewhere because I feel like there was something else interesting, but it doesn't matter too much. Um, but here's the real kicker is after all the conservatives like threw a hissy fit um, and were just like, boycott Goodyear, even though Goodyear is like, a company that manufactures shit in America. 
So like mm-hmm. that's supposed to be like a godsend for concern. But you know, let's ignore that. Um <laughs> uh, Goodyear released a, an official statement basically saying that uh, you know the photo in question isn't actually part of company policy that it respects diversity and it played the middle by saying it's uh, Goodyear supports both equality uh, for all and the police um, and supposedly there's no distinction between those two um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're playing like the safest corporate route. Yeah, of course. Are, um, of course. Possible. Just yeah. saving their own skin from all angles. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, and it's just, it's so funny to me that how the right keeps talking about cancel culture f- until the end of time and how like terrible it is for our society and we should you know marketplace of ideas mean you know we should listen to everyone everyone's voice should be heard but then the minute like something happens or some little sliver of red meat gets thrown into the fucking piranha tank they just go ape shit over it um (laughs) and so you know they don't care about consistency they just care about getting everything they want (laughs) they want their cake and they want to eat it too Mm-hmm. And I really feel like this was a, a really petty excuse for to promote even more nationalist sympathy, as if we don't already have enough right now in America. We just needed that extra little bit. Trump just needed that extra little push to keep his momentum going because mm-hmm. he has nothing else. Yeah. He's riding on a broken economy that and, and a huge death rate and infection rate from COVID. Um mm-hmm. So he has to go back to, you know, playing it safe, hence kind of the the new campaign ad as well. Yeah. Yeah. Moving back, shifting back to what endeared him to his base in the first place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Just a couple of little tidbits on COVID news. Um, But 5.7 million uh, infections. And we're almost to 180 thousand deaths we're at i believe 177 um that'll go up over the week of course over the weekend and despite all this and job numbers being kind of dismal as they were today because thursday's when the job numbers come out and they weren't great the stock market closed at a record high defying uh, defying expectations due to tech companies bolstering it um and like we've talked about it of just like the tech companies are part of those ones that have increased their net worth while everybody else is going destitute yep oh that reminds me i uh saved this tweet apparently apple stocks yeah apple cap of two trillion yeah they were the first company to ever go to two trillion dollars and that's that kind of got buried like that kind of became the highlight instead of tech overall just skyrocketing i believe uh uh tesla's stocks were at over like two thousand and twenty dollars today as well so once again elon is uh is doing just fine um Now, basically, what the bulk of the show is going to be about is 
what we witnessed this week. We're going to do both conventions, but this week was the Democratic convention, in case you've been hiding under a rock. Uh, I watched a majority of it. Uh, David did too. And uh, what's your thoughts on it? Start off with. Oh, God. Um, yeah, we were kind of talking about this earlier before we started the show, but the big theme that I've, the big takeaway I feel from this, uh, this convention is how, and this is just kind of the story of the, the democratic run for presidency, this entire, you know, election cycle is basically they have everything they need to just like slam dunk the election. Like there's no question if they really wanted to try, they could absolutely win. Yeah, absolutely. Just as they, just as they could have absolutely impeached Trump, like no questions asked if they had done it properly. Mm -hmm. um, it just, and yeah. So, and they're doing this convention really showed that they're doing everything that they can to like, just fuck it up in mm -hmm. so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Their big strategy seems to be to appeal to the Republican moderate or the mm -hmm. independent that's like, I'm sick of Trump because he didn't live up to his campaign promises and then draw them into the Democratic Party, at least for 2020. That yeah. seems to be their overall message, and they've made that pretty clear with some of their messaging. Um, yeah. they, they're actively alienating progressives and leftists. Yeah. Um, as, as well but then they keep doing stuff that just like it's red meat for conservatives to chew on mm -hmm. and and to further alienate anyone who like identifies as like a traditionalist or a conservative or whatever mm -hmm. so it's just it's insane it was also super fucking cringy and boring it, it really boring really long and drawn out and a lot of cringe moments um yeah i have to say i did burst out laughing during the the piece with nancy pelosi just talking about how amazing she is and there was one little clip where like it was pelosi and a couple of other top democrats like walking doing their swag walk to like some fucking rock music and there was like fireworks behind them they're wearing their white suits and everything i like lost my shit for a couple <laughs> solid like five minutes when <laughs> i saw that it's so just like yeah yeah i yeah, just my, yeah i'll elaborate later but yeah my, my thoughts on it were uh are they trying to lose? Like, I've been paying attention to, like, what, like, I will admit on Twitter that it is very much a little echo chamber that a lot of us live in because we follow each other. We follow people that have similar interests. So I went into uh, the Biden-Harris 2020 hashtag, the resist hashtag, and they loved it, apparently. They loved it. They thought it was fantastic. They thought it hit all the notes correctly. Um, and my, my, my sentiments on it was that it was, it was very shallow, very lacking on policy on most nights. Um, and there was just a couple of things in there that made me just go, what the fuck? Like the first night of all the Republicans... All the Republicans being like, oh, 
I'm voting Joe Biden. I'm voting Joe Biden. I'm voting Joe Biden. But the kicker to me was Kasich. And like, I've bitched up a storm since I found out that Kasich was going to be on the convention. And there was one little, there was one little thing that like bothered me during his speech. I thought the speech was cringe, him in the field over top and all that. I thought it was just too fucking much, uh, too hard, uh, too try hard. And what he said in the middle of it felt like a direct, direct uh, stab at the people that supported Bernie Sanders, the people that are more progressive, uh, the progressives, the leftists, when he said, I don't worry about Joe taking, you can take it from me, Joe Biden will not take a sharp turn left, not a sharp left. He said sharp left. And then he said, I know Joe, and Joe can't be pushed around. So how I took that as the stab was because we've been talking, that that's the big thing that a lot of Bernie people the voted for Bernie have been saying is that we can push Joe left. We can push Joe left. We can push Joe left. Even like resistance and either other people are just like, we can push Joe left. We can push Joe left. And when Kasich said Joe can't be pushed around, I felt like that was aimed at that message of just being like, no, you can't push Joe Biden left. Joe Biden's not going left. He's in the pocket of the moderate Republican now. And Kasich's not even a fucking moderate Republican in my eye. It's like you look at the abortion bills that, you know, happen in Ohio and the economic policies of Ohio. And Kasich is pretty hardline conservative. He's not a Trumpist by any means. He is the classic Republican, not even the classic Republican. He is the fucking Republican from 2000 to 2008. That's the style of Republican he is. And to me, they were pretty fucking dangerous, too. And the fact that the Democrat Party has welcomed them into the fold to speak at their convention where they get more times than AOC and get more times than other, you know, people in the Democratic Party. And that's just such a that it, that's just such a big fuck you to the progressives, to the left wing, to whatever the fuck you want to call it. I like, I'm pretty sure even the Warren people were just like, what the fuck is this? And I think that that is the future of a Biden presidency. Uh, like I've been on the fence of just like, I think it's a toss up. And then I was just like, watch this convention. I was like, are they fucking trying to fucking lose? Uh, is everybody just being like, fuck yeah, Joe Biden. Uh, riding with Biden, Joe Menem, whatever. And if, if the Joe Menem, as I said, I live in an echo chamber on Twitter. I think we all do live in an echo chamber on Twitter for whatever our political alignments are. And 38 projected Joe Biden at a 55% chance to win. And you know, such a fucking joke. It was such a joke. Every speech was hollow. And like, I know people would like. The Obama speech uh, helped pave the way for Trump in my book. Administration to make working class.
and vulnerable people's lives significantly better paved the way for Trump. It paved the way with that resentment mm-hmm. of inaction. And that's how we got Trump. There's a lot of people that were like, I voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012, and my life didn't get better. Yeah, so they don't want Trump. to go back to that. Yeah, they want to go back to that. They want to go back to uh, the years where millions of people got their homes foreclosed on. Uh, the years that economic wealth, uh, inequality on wealth skyrocketed. And the that's what that is what they're punting to. That's what they're punting to is remember the good old days because frankly, they kind of sucked. They did. Mm-hmm. They really did. Um, even if you take out the, the recession of 2008, 2009, yeah. just putting that aside, the rest yeah. of it was also shit. Yeah. Like um, the spying programs, the more um, conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the the drone strikes is set a horrifying precedent um, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, there was kind of touching on the Kasich thing and the the direct messaging um, against anyone who's just not a moderate um, Democrat or a moderate Republican. Th- there was a lot of that all throughout, um, <clears throat> and. Of course, you know, all four nights had the big overarching message and they took a jab at Trump every single time. Like basically yeah, saying tonight was the worst. <laughs> I I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep tonight. Yeah. Tonight was and the worst. I just got so boring. <laughs> so bored. Um, I can imagine though, but yeah. It's um I remember explicitly on the opening night there was this over this this message of like basically saying that like systemic racism and systemic equalities do exist um but in a direct punch to the BLM movement and the protests it they literally said it's time to stop protesting and to start pushing for policy as if policy is going to do a goddamn thing uh we kind of talked about this last episode just a little bit with the um the the defunding the police movement in Seattle where mm-hmm. they were talking about cutting it by 50%, we got a 1% cut. Yeah. Um and it's a simple it's the same kind of breadcrumbs across other major cities. Maybe not 1%, maybe 2, 3, 4 at the most. Insignificant. Um so if that's all the policy is going to get us, then that's it, not going to do anything. Um and then there was another one that I cracked up on. I think it was the it was either the first or second night. And it said, uh, Biden knows that you can't spread democracy across the world if you don't practice it at home. Like completely glossing over the the phrase, you know, you uh, spreading democracy. That's just code word for uh, spreading Imperial. capitalist imperialism. Exactly. Uh but then they like try to pretend that they practice democracy at home when they tell protesters to shut the fuck up and fall in line where they yeah. tell the hardcore, the, the Bernie supporters to shut the fuck up and fall in line and we'll compromise with you a little bit. And, but actually we're not going to do anything. So fuck you. Give yeah. us your vote anyways. Yeah. Fuck you. Vote for us. Yeah. Shut up not, and vote. Shut up and vote. Not practicing shit. They're not yeah. practicing anything that 
supposedly makes America so great. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> again, another one was the Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. This whole, they keep talking about climate change so much and how it's an existential threat to our fucking species um and is how it's so important but they kind of put it on like a side as like a side issue that's sort of how they presented it in comparison to something like the epidemic of gun violence and like we'll talk about that in a second but in the background the dnc actually dropped a demand a a demand to end fossil fuel subsidies so mm-hmm. that shows you how much they care about any kind of systemic change, any kind of effort to save the planet, or mm-hmm. even just try to. Um, they're still going to give fossil fuel companies exactly what they want, who have been running the country, you know, uh, for the most part, for God knows how long, how, how many decades. Um, yeah. And there's something else I wanted to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Not only did they drop the subsidy, uh, the f- cutting the fuel subsidies from the uh, energy companies, the big oil men, but there's also mum- uh, rumors going around of Biden backing off on the public option already. I read that. I read that yesterday, and it was basically just being like, "Hey, we're going to go in there with some purplish states." So we're not going to, we want to just rework, rework it, re, uh, build on the ACA and get some early points on the board. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, we tried to get the public option, couldn't get the public option, gave up, or they're just going to hope people forget about it. But here's the thing. People aren't going to forget about being sick and being bankrupt. They're just not. It's such a fucking dumb strategy of just being like we're going to abandon the public option early and then just jump in and maybe revisit it later and another thing that i read today uh came from uh david serrata who uh was with the bernie campaign and uh he posted on his Substack that joe biden was going with more of an austerity idea because the deficits are so bad and it's 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 the same. It, it, like this cycle is so fucking old. Of we can't get anything done because the Republicans run up the deficit. The Democrats come in, kind of lower it a bit, and don't do shit about it. And don't give it policies. When you know all you have to do to cut the deficit is raise taxes on the wealthy. And cut into some of this R&D that we spend loads and loads of money on in the military. Like when you, that's the thing is always gets framed as like, if you're going to cut the military budget, it's going to, uh, the troops are going to run out of bullets. The troops are going to run out of armor. That's what they did in the, uh, the years of the Iraq war and Afghanistan. And that's not true is like you, I could go on a long rant about that, but that's what that's what I'm hearing already is austerity, public option already being kind of abandoned, and uh, the fuel subsidies staying in place. Even though Biden did set, walk back on that and say he plans on doing it, it's just not in the platform. 
I, well, take, I, I don't take his word for shit, honestly, so I'm like, it's probably going to stay the same. Yeah. I don't either, but even if we're taking him at face value, he's going to turn around and not do it. No, he's, he's straight not. up lied about so many previous promises all throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, he's already told, like, I th- we might have covered this before, but he's he's told, like, billionaires that nothing will fundamentally change for them and by extension nothing's going to fundamentally change in america it's going to keep going on business as usual mm-hmm. as if that's a good thing um mm-hmm. so he's he's not going to rock the boat at all he's gonna go and this just feels like a slightly a party that's a little bit more left than the george w bush years Mm-hmm. Just by like a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what this new 2020 campaign feels like to me at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fucking joke. It's, it's, been a jo- it's been a joke to me uh, since uh, Bernie dropped out. And th- there's one other, new, one other thing I wanted to talk about after we get done with the convention shit. And it's it's really been eating at me all day. Um, but <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the, the dropping yeah. the dropping of it and like not even talking about the the gun violence epidemic. And um uh, what are your thoughts on that one? I I'm again I'm I'm pro gun. I'm pretty open uh-huh. about that. So yeah, I mean, I'm also pro-gun. Um, obviously, responsible gun ownership, education, mm-hmm. all that, right? Like, actually mm-hmm. have proper safety and everything. Yeah, right? that, oh, absolutely. goes without saying. But, yeah, I mean, if anything, I mean, I don't... There's only so much of the Constitution that I really care about. But, I mean, free speech and guns, right? Um, mm-hmm. Have You and I have a lot of in common with conservatives already on that front. Yeah, so we should theoretically, but anyways, yeah, it's um, it's so funny when conservatives like see me like post something on like social media about firearms, and they're like, "Oh shit, Alan!" I'm like, "No, mm-hmm. fuck you! I'm not. I don't want to talk to you." <laughs> yeah, there's this meme actually, real quick, uh, that's been spreading around lately that if you go far enough left, you'll get your guns back. It's kind of <laughs> true. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My thing with the epidemic of gun violence is like this has been such a huge talking point for Democrats for so long. And I mean, listen, only a sociopath is going to contest the idea that gun related violence and or deaths are like not horrific because it is It's mm-hmm. a terrible thing to even like mm-hmm. passively mention. Um the problem is, is that there's so much money in these fucking nonprofits to protest against gun rights. Um, it's not even so much about getting the message across. It's more of a, a, it's like the Democrat version of dark money laundering, essentially. Um, and the gun violence epidemic groups are part of that part of that chain there's not many like the conservatives have the conservatives have way more of that shit going on but the whole gun violence uh, and gun restriction legislation you know activists it's kind of falls under that umbrella but like 
if you really want to call this an epidemic, and this is the big thing for me, is like, you got to look at the numbers. And when you actually start comparing the numbers of gun violence compared to stuff like like poverty and homelessness and medical-related bankruptcies, medical-related deaths because of the bankruptcies because they can't pay their medical bills, uh, the fact that pre-COVID, 40% of Americans didn't have more than $400 in their bank account, um, diabetes, which affects 10% of the population. We did a whole episode on that shit mm-hmm. um, back in the day. You look at all of these huge systemic issues, and that's not even touching on criminal justice and all of the shit that goes with that, and the private prisons and whatever. Mm-hmm. There are... um according to Pew Research, there's something like 37... In 2017, there was 37,000 cases of gun violence. Uh, deaths by gun violence, I think. Mm-hmm. 60% of those were suicides. And then, like, 35% were, like, homicides. And then the rest of it was, like, others, like, mass shootings were in the, the other category. Mm-hmm. Um... So if you really want to talk about gun violence seriously, you should really start talking about that 60% that's fucking suicides and look yeah. at how the 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 gross like mental health that Americans have at large just in general. Um not even to mention everything that's come from COVID. Um but this has been a long-standing issue in America for a long time where mental health is just not in a good spot in this country. And a lot of it boils down to economic reasons. Oh, so there's a link. Maybe we should address economic issues. Oh, wait, we're not going to do shit because Biden said nothing's going to fundamentally change. <laughs> so it's just like if you even like try to follow these talking points, like a couple of logical jumps, their entire argument breaks down. Uh, conservatives break down much faster, but Democrats also break down. Yeah. And it's like, if you really want to get to the root of these problems, a lot of this stuff comes from economics. Um, also, it's I mean, there's a lot of cultural issues we've got to deal with. I'm not, you know, trying to... Yeah, you're not, yeah you're, not, you're not a class reductionist. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, it's just... And this is, I don't know. I just get so mad when the Democrats do this super shallow identity politics bullshit to gloss over the real issues that are affecting people. And they're just not going to address those issues at all, Mm -hmm. but they want to look good and get political points because, but, but just enough political points to where they don't win. And so they're effectively controlled opposition for the Republicans. Yeah. As long as they keep striking that balance, that's all they care about. And this convention just showed that in some mm-hmm. ways. I, I feel like the big focus on gun violence is just another key moment of that. Yeah. Um, so the under God removed from the Pledge of Allegiance then tied God directly into uh, mm. social causes. And they had, mob, I believe, multiple prayers. Mm-hmm. Multiple prayers. Yeah, I, I only caught one of them. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple people who... Lots of people of faith were in this convention. Of different faiths outside of... Uh, but, but they were still yeah. very much 
a lot of religious uh, tie-ins to that. And, you know, Joe Biden is Catholic, so let's take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but then talking about that, it, you know, it's mixed messages. They They don't really stand for anything, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, and this is another way to just arbitrarily divide uh, Democrats and Republicans. Because, mm-hmm. like, of course you've got to have God in everything as a Republican. It's like, and like it or not, America is largely a Christian nation. It um, is. And to just deliberately alienate the, the re- you know, the side that the religious base likes to go with by default, which is Republicans, it's mind-blowing at how idiotic that is from a just a strategic standpoint let alone like you could easily get away with just keeping the pledge of allegiance as is that you don't Mm -hmm. have to change it Mm -hmm. um it's kind of default unfortunately at this point but you know it is what it is whatever Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal have your faith practice it in your own life whatever who cares yeah whatever yeah i'm i'm not one of those people like i joke around a lot on uh, social media about religion and uh, the, after the entire dethroning God thing, I have gone on that. That was too funny. I had to yeah, I, that. Yeah, I've gone on a bunch of tangents about it. Um, did you? That was hear, also a different context. Sorry. Yeah, completely different context. Um, did you hear about Joe Kennedy's endorsement today? I did not. So Nancy Pelosi endorsed Joe Kennedy the third against his against uh, sitting Senator Markey. Uh, for the for those that don't really know Markey, uh, he is he serves alongside Elizabeth Warren. You should know about him because he's one of the good ones in my book. He's not perfect by any means, but none of them are. Uh, but has, it stands alongside Bernie Sanders on Medicare for All, Green New Deal, uh, fights for the working class. Uh, he's pretty far left comparatively to the others in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Pelosi, after uh, saying that we should not challenge incumbents, that we should support incumbents in 2016, that we should have each other's back. She endorsed Joe Kennedy. And yeah. And let me see. I'll try to find the article. But I'm going to just warn you. It pissed me off today. Yeah. Pissed me off really bad. And this was from a supposed Nancy Pelosi aide. And I read this on Twitter. So take it for what it is. But she was concerned about Markey's attacks on Joe, his family, his supporters, and the Kennedy family policy legacy. Specifically, with his all due respect, it's time to start asking what your country can do for you in a recent act. And Markey has, uh, you know, taken some shots at Joe Kennedy about the money that his father is contributing to helping Joe Kennedy win. Uh, to him, you know, tying himself so closely to the legacy of the Kennedys, which they're a political dynasty in Massachusetts and nationally. And and that pisses me off on so many things that Nancy Pelosi, you know, 
endorsed him. And another person endorsed, uh, endorsed Markey, AOC. But she's a congresswoman. And guess who did not endorse Ed uh, Markey? Let me guess, Warren. No, no. Somebody, somebody that, you know, stands pretty fucking aligned with Ed Markey. Weird. I don't know. Outside of, like, the squad? No. Uh, Bernie Sanders did not, has not endorsed him. Oh, wow. Bernie Sanders has not fucking endorsed Ed Markey. The person that is closest aligned to him has not fucking endorsed him. The person that, you know, Markey's had his back on more so on these issues that, you know, push the party left. Bernie Sanders has remained fucking silent. Now, I've seen a lot of people and a lot of people have gotten mad at me about, you know, me coming out and just like attacking Bernie, you know, and I haven't really done too much of it on the show. But this was kind of my final straw, if I'm being honest. And I think it was fucking cowardly. I think it was fucking cowardly. Uh, people have tried to say, well, why does he have to endorse him? I don't know, because he fucking aligns with him. Yeah. That, I feel like Bernie has just given up. No, uh, yeah, I feel like Bernie has been fucking neutralized. By the establishment, and people are just like, well, he endorsed Joe. Just because he fucking endorsed Joe Biden does not make him exclusive that he cannot endorse other candidates. And yes, he has endorsed other progressives, up-and-comers, you know, people going against incumbents. But the fact that he has remained silent on a couple of key races and... A couple of things that he could have pushed them over, you know, possibly help them. Because believe it or not, Bernie actually pulls pretty well outside of just the far left or the, you know, the progressive vote. He is pretty much liked by most of like the Democrat electorate. They just think that Joe Biden was more equipped to the job. And we can, we've talked about episodes and I've written shit about electability and all that and why I think it's fucking false. Uh, but the fact that Bernie Sanders is not coming to the aid of Markey is kind of just made me just, you know, go like, we really, really need somebody that has a little bit more guts next time around. If there is a next time around and it's, it's disappointing to me. It's disappointing to me that Bernie Sanders, you know, is looking at a candidate that is closely aligned with him politically. Uh, and it's not like they're fucking spread like halfway the country apart. They're both in fucking new England. Um, so like, you can't tell me that Bernie Sanders can't take a little bit of time from his fucking, uh, whatever he's fucking doing and just be like, Hey, I support Ed Markey. And maybe he comes out in the next couple of days and does it. But right now, after Pelosi has come out supporting Joe Kennedy, it's kind of one of those things that I feel like Bernie Sanders needs to just come out and just be like, Hey, because if he doesn't like, it's clearly time to move on. Yeah. I kind of, I think we need to move on anyways, but I kind of felt like that. Yeah, before um, when he dropped out. I mean, and there's still no denying the that Bernie has done so much good as his time during a senator for however many 
decades, millions of decades he's been alive. Um, he's done a great deal to unite the left and just to bring awareness to even some kind of, um, you know, socialistic framework, even though he's a democratic, uh, sorry, a social democrat in practice. But nonetheless, that's pretty radical as far as American politics goes. But um, it's really not even that, that radical. It's just like capitalism, but like, hey, maybe we should not let our citizens starve. Maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think ever since he dropped out, it's just like, and I, I, when he announced it, he just like had his head down low and just kind of walked off the the camera before the the stream cut. And I was just like, dude, this guy's done. No. He's not gonna fight for anything for the rest of his life anymore. He's just gonna slowly fall in line. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's just playing out right now. So yeah, I mean, we've got to we've got to move on. Um, yeah, you know, uh, thank for everything he's done but it's just like yeah absolutely we can attribute to him for moving the discourse to more than the left absolutely that should be attributed to him because he did uh i just want to go over some poll numbers between uh, joe kennedy and marky because this really mm -hmm. I, as i said this has pissed me off this this pissed me off the first thing the first thing i woke up to two in the morning was on my twitter feed seeing nancy pelosi and versus joe kennedy i was just like motherfucker um but joe kennedy was ahead of marky this has been very back and forth and marky uh joe kennedy in may was ahead of marky by you know double digits hmm. uh it was 58 to 42. And then Marky, you know, being actually being what I would like to see more progressive politicians do, being a little more fucking ballsy because he has, I've watched some of the debates and just like, and he's gone after Joe Kennedy. That's what we need. That's what you need. Yeah. And, and progressives, because they're not going to play nice. They're not going to play fucking fair. You need somebody that's going to be like, all right, fuck this. Now, this past week, Markey has a 15-point lead over Kennedy. It's, as I said, it's been very back and forth. Mm -hmm. Kennedy was ahead of him by 16 points in May. Markey has taken the lead again. And it's kind of like, I think, Nancy Pelosi coming in there is trying to draw in the moderate base. They're trying to consolidate around that. But why Marky? Like, he's not really a threat other than, like, his big, the big thing that he has been joined in on that, you know, got him headlines was him teaming up with AOC uh, to be one of the authors of the Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. And he's for Medicare for all. So. What, like, they don't like them. They don't like anybody that's far left. And I don't even think Marky's far left, in my opinion. These are sensible actions. Only in America would this be considered far left. Yeah, exactly. So um, they're, they're going to attack them. Yeah. I think... <sighs> I think it'd be interesting to see like if Democrats actually win 2020. Um, but I think even aside from that, their strategy going forward is to just slowly alienate 
Yeah. Try, try to get everybody out. Try to get everybody by pissing them off so much that they fucking leave the party. Hey, it's kind of worked on me. I'm not going to lie. I, I like mm-hmm. I've long given up hope on them. Yeah. I only came back for Bernie Sanders, and he was my he was always my compromise candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sanders was the compromise. They can't even do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. That's going to be their strategy going for. Like I said earlier, this feels like this new party direction is just like a little bit left of George Bush, but not by too much. Yeah, but not um, by much. Yeah. So, yeah, I, the fucking Democrat Party is just dead after this election. Yeah, if they if they lose, like they said in 2016, I remember the night that Donald Trump was pro- the projected winner before Hillary conceded, a lot of people were saying, what, like, where does the Democrat Party go from here? Like, they have to do a lot of soul-searching. They fucking clearly did not. No, they, they fucking clearly did not do any soul-searching. They were just like, you know what? Let's go backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go back to the tried-and-true neoliberal strategy that didn't do shit for anyone. Because yeah. everyone loves that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's mind-boggling that, like... The, I just can't. Yeah, part of, it's part intentional, part the bubble that these liberals live in, mm-hmm. where they just can't fathom anything that's not like shallow identity politics mm-hmm. and um, trying to you know be safe and steady with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, yeah, let's get into some QAnon stuff. Because I already feel like my my blood boiling. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting. I need a to laugh too. Um, whew. there was a couple of uh, amusing tweets. There's not too much from this week, but I kind of needed to take a break from Q Land because um, they're a little bit too insane sometimes. But one was funny. Uh, one of the Q candidates, uh, from Georgia, said. If Satan can reign in our government, so can God. <laughs> like, you know, I kind of at this point, I kind of wish Satan was in our government because at least we'd, that'd be fucking cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just fucking outlandish. Um, and this is a story I couldn't get too much detail on but uh, so apparently infowars released a new documentary called shadowgate and uh, it's not on youtube it's already been taken down on youtube so i don't know i'll try to pull up a link at some point and watch it if i'm bored but um one of the main producers millie weaver apparently got arrested with her and her significant other um something about assaulting uh, their neighbor for like recording them for some reason. And they got arrested on accounts of like a couple felony charges. Um, not like murder, but like some other stuff. And it, it's just, I don't, it's a weird fucking story, but so Infowars is having a little bit of a shakeup, whatever that means. But, um, I mean, didn't they find, didn't they find like porn in, like we actually talked about this on a couple of days ago where they found child porn on Alex Jones. Yeah. Something like, I didn't look into that, but yeah, I, uh, that, I mean, that got brushed out of the news cycle quick. 
Yeah. Um, well, he's been deplatformed, so it doesn't matter anymore. True. Yeah. That's what they do is they kick you off the platforms and then they forget about you after all the crazy shit. And this is not me like, you know, talking about condoning anything Alex Jones does, because I think Alex Jones has done some really fucking dumb shit that has poisoned the well a lot with people that believe him. Like years ago, I didn't mind Alex Jones when he was doing crazy conspiracy theories that, you know, you know, talked about politics, but he kind of stayed out of like endorsing people like Trump. Uh, he, he spoke out against George W. Bush. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done. So he's a, he's he was a mixed bag like 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Just like a goofy, crazy old dude that like maybe had some good points, but yeah. you know, can't obviously can't take him seriously. Now it's like, yeah. He's now he's fucking now he's fucking insane and promoting uh conspiracy theories like Pizzagate and other insane shit. Yeah. Um Oh wow, hold on. Is this a new one? Oh my god. Okay, so apparently like Fox is like starting to crack down on QAnon a little bit. Um I didn't see this clip until just now. So there was one I was gonna report on that it was a short little discussion about something on Fox News. I don't know. Whatever they say is dumb. But one person made a little 15, 20 second comment basically lumping QAnon uh, with white supremacists and Proud Boys because they were talking about like extremists or something and how, you know, extremists on both ends of the party shouldn't be listened to. We just need moderate, you know, typical grifting. Um, and then there were some prominent Q people who were like really super surprised that QAnon was being lumped in with like white supremacists and the Proud Boys, uh, which is the hypocrisy is kind of hilarious because a couple weeks ago there was this clip circulating with uh, it, I think it was actually Proud Boy members where they were doing a uh, an all lives matter protest and one of them flashed the white power symbol at the cops and one of them one of the cops went over and shook the guy's hand and the other guy got like a pat on the back or some shit so you know clearly white supremacy is a problem in the police force but you know it's it's selective memory for these people uh with everything so that was a little bit amusing, but apparently Fox, uh, this just popped up in my feed, did like a bigger, uh, apparently it's a hit piece on QAnon. I don't know if it's like I actually... I guess I gotta start tuning into OAN. <sighs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, Trump tried that um, pretty hard. Yeah, um, and I don't think hard. I don't think everybody has OAN on their... Uh... Television says because you know boomers aren't going to watch live streams of OAN. Yeah, no, there's no way they're trying to get on cable news. But well, uh, I mean, they do have a cable news channel. It's just not as accessible as Fox News. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember watching OAN years ago. Sorry, I'm not trying to take <laughs> hijack this, but it's just like it looked like public access radio, uh, public access TV to me. Last time I remember. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty low quality shit to be honest. Uh, Oh, wow, there's a Breitbart headline. Uh, I don't know if this is real or not, but it says, Donald Trump happy to help fight pedophiles and cannibals with QAnon. So apparently yeah. cannibals are a huge threat now. I didn't know, but 
the more you know. Um, you gotta watch out for those fucking cannibals. Well, he won't, he won't disavow them. He oh, won't no. disavow them at all. Disavow them. He will never disavow them. He will kind of just sidestep and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they love me. And that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Not the, yeah, fact, not the fact that they're peddling insane shit. Um, and actively violent. Like, yeah. historically, you know, people like the Pizzagate guy before QAnon happened, going to uh, Comet's uh, Ping Pong Pizza. Or the guy that drove on the dam with a gun. Mm-hmm. The, the, these aren't just your normal, regular conspiracy theorists that just like reading weird shit. I oh, like yeah, reading weird shit, but I don't act on it. Yeah, they're deranged enough to where they're actually doing something, and that's like the scary part about these people. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's a gem uh, that I just saw. Fear kills your immune system, in all caps. <laughs> which i mean uh, i don't know i mean you know okay listen emotions do have an effect on your physical and mental health yeah yeah, they do absolutely you know take it with a grain of salt okay that's not too crazy yeah but coming from them it's batshit insane because yeah. it's not about caring about your immune system it's about <laughs> fearing the one world order run by lizard lizard fucking people and shit mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know. I'm just kind of like scrolling through. I don't see too much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through my Twitter. All I noticed was that I was added to a new list. Mm. I love I love it when people add me to list. I am on several uh, play for lists on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this one is I'm a Chinese propagandist now. Oh hell yeah! Nice. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, again, the more you know. Sometimes you just learn stuff every day. Yeah. And you never expect, you, you know, this world is full of wonders, and there's just no telling what you're going to figure out one day. Yeah. Um, some days you think you're an American. Uh, t- apparently today you're a communist. Yeah, I'm, I'm already on a couple Russian bot ones, too. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, uh, my couple sorry cut it no go on go on go on mine mine's just laughing pictures and videos of this has to be staged um actually it 100 is but there's some signs saying like rioters and looters for biden um antifa for biden um and the, the antifa the a in there is like the anarchy symbol because yeah, that's a nice gotcha. Uh, <laughs> these this is these people. Um sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just like but it's, it, then it's just scary to think that this shit actually fucking works. Um that's the real terrifying part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I got really I got nothing else. No. Mm-hmm. We'll close us out. <gasps> Wait. Oh man, I have a meme that we might need to like throw in the show notes or something. Okay. Uh but it's uh it, it's yeah, so like the top image is like of people dressed in black with black flags. And it's uh, in quotes, apparently this is a real quote from them. 
rural America, we are coming. And then the bottom picture is a grandma with like a M4 saying, y'all hurry up. I've got a pie in the oven. Oh, God. Like, this is a terrible gotcha, dude. You Conservatives can't meme. I'm sorry. They just can't. Yeah, they're like, the left can't meme. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we can. We can meme we, way we can meme. better. Even our most cringy memes are better than their, like, try-hard shit. Yeah. Um, I don't think the resist people can meme. <laughs> oh, God, no. No. No, <laughs> because they don't, they don't get as visceral. No, like that. If you if you gave me the rankings, I would just say the resist people are at the bottom of the list when it comes to memes because all their memes are fucking just so cringe. Yeah, like they all the riding with Biden stuff. I'm just like, oh my god, what are you doing? Stop. They literally think that like uh, Trump is a pee pee poo poo head is like yeah pee pee. Yeah, they're just like oh Donald Trump pee he got peed on in shower. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care if Trump's getting pissed on in the shower. I don't care what people do, what two consenting of fucking adults do. He could be getting shit on. I still don't care if he consented to it and the other person consented to it. What the fuck ever? Who cares? Mm-hmm. There is plenty to attack Donald Trump on policy wise. Yeah. There's plenty of Don- to attack Trump on business-wise, with the shit he's done over the years. Why do we have to lower ourselves to just being like, oh, he's shit on, oh, he's compromised by Russia, oh, this. I don't care. I don't care. Attack him for something. Attack him over his policies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, attack, attack him over, over you know, enriching the wealthy out more. Attack him over, you know, Islam bans. Attack him over fucking xenophobic walls that don't fucking work you know there's so much there and just being like you got peed on fuck it shut the fuck up who cares because i guarantee you somewhere in that fucking resistant hashtag bullshit there's somebody that likes to get peed on too yep somewhere out there somewhere projection (laughs) yeah somewhere who cares like, uh, I never thought I would see the liberals become the most fucking prudish people on the fucking internet. But here we are. Yep, here we like, are. Like, I love the conservatives. Like, if the conservatives, I remember there was a question. They were like, if Donald Trump got peed on, what would you think? I wouldn't care. I'm like, thank you. I'm with you. I don't care either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. It's king shaming. Yeah, it, it it is kink shaming, actually. For the people who purport to be so tolerant and accepting, yeah, they're tolerant. Why, left. Why are you kink shaming? And why uh, are you kink shaming? I, I had my gender assumed by someone who is acting in bad faith. I, I asked them, "Why are you assuming my gender?" Mm-hmm. When they, you know, accused me of mansplaining everything to them, uh, <sighs> pointing out facts. I'm sorry. Yeah, pointing out facts. There's nothing. And that, that's, that's, my that's... argument that I made. That's not. Yeah, that's not men's mining. That's just, you know, just facts. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's what they do. And this is going to be the last tangent before we close out is (laughs) that they will always just say, oh, you're mansplaining. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you're doing that. And be like, you're not being tolerant. Okay. Well, you know who I encounter a lot of, uh, you know, people that are transphobic in just the traditional Democrats hashtags i encounter a lot of people that you know 
our armchair activists that say, oh, we need to do this. Oh, we need to do that. Like, yeah, I'm going to bring it back to the rant last week um, of defund the police. Like, I thought defunding the police was a compromise. I really did. I was like, abolish. And they're just like, no, you gotta, you gotta frame the message. It's how you sell the message. And I'm like, you guys lose all the time. How, why are the fuck are you telling us how to message things? Cause you can't even win elections and like, look at the messaging of the Democrat convention alone. The, the fucking centrist neoliberals need to shut the fuck up on messaging because they suck ass at messaging i'm with her joe mentum riding with biden whatever the fuck they come up with next they suck at messaging and the fact is that we have to ask for the extremes like abolish the police to even get to defund the police and even when we get to defund the police they're just like well we should reform the police well you know what reforming the police got in Seattle, they only got a 1% budget cut. Yep. That's the best they can do. Yeah. Okay. No more tangents because I will. I can easily go on one. So thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, be sure to do all the podcast stuff. Write, uh, rate, like, subscribe, um, give us upvotes. Uh, share with your friends um, if uh, yeah and uh, okay. thank you for t- I'm bad at I've got to like type this up and <laughs> actually <laughs> you, I'm yeah. gonna like, forget about how to do this properly every give time. us and give us stars subscribe helps people find the show etc just fucking do it and do check it. us out on AmericanShakedown.com and we'll be back have a great night Yep. Thanks for tuning in.